Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers preview, folks. It's a Steelers preview. No, we're not nuts. We know the Steelers aren't playing this Sunday in the Super Bowl, although they should be because they probably could beat both these teams. But I digress. We'll talk about that later. This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And joining me is the dynamic duo of Brian Anthony Davis and Dave Schofield. Brian, you're, you are... You're on the move. What's going on? The background is different. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am in a Marriott right now in uh, Richmond, Virginia. So this is my dedication to you. And like I told you guys, I did two things I normally don't do to make sure I could get on this uh, this podcast. And one is I skipped the chocolate fountain for. <laughs> I also went up three flights of stairs for you. So there I just, you go. I just there you go. And don't let him fool you, folks. It's not business-related. His wife's probably mad at him. That's why he's a canary. So. <laughs> that first part is definitely right. I mean, I mean the doghouse has my name on it. And it's called Marriott. All right, Dave, how are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing okay. But, Jeff, i got to do something that you're not going to like. Oh, boy. I've, I've, I've got uh, to issue a correction. You guys caught me in a rookie mistake last last week, and I've I've got to make the correction. What is it? Of, uh, well, it was the 1943 Detroit Lions that had negative 53 rushing <laughs> yards in a game. Oh, so it wasn't bullet Dudley. because I looked in my notes and I was trying to find it. I was going from memory. I looked in my notes. I had 1947 circled, and I went with it, and I couldn't find any of the other stuff. And here, 1947 was from another Steeler stat that I have that I didn't even get to. So I went back and double-checked, and I want to make sure we are 100% correct. So that's the first thing was it was the 1943 Detroit Lions, negative 53 yards on 33 attempts, and they won seven to nothing. The other thing, I, um, this is for you, Brian. I looked up the, uh, the stats between Plaxico Burris and Emmanuel Sanders since they left the Steelers. And uh, the playoffs are a little bit different story, but pretty much hands down, Emmanuel Sanders has the better stats. He has three 1,000-yard seasons versus Burris had two. Sanders uh, made two Pro Bowls. Burris never made the Pro Bowl in his career. The only thing that Burris had up on Sanders is touchdowns. He had a lot more touchdowns, but he was nowhere close in yards or receptions. Um, And now in the playoffs – Manuel Sanders has never had a touchdown in the playoffs, either for the Steelers or the Broncos. But um, for the Broncos, in every game that he had, um, he had at least five catches and was up there pretty good in yards, where Burris was either feast or famine. He has three three postseason touchdowns for the Giants he had, but um, he only had two games where he had five catches or more. So, so wait, um, wait a second. You're telling me, and this is stunning to me if this is true, that Plesko Burris never made a Pro Bowl? Never made a Pro Bowl. Wow. That's, according, that's according surprising. To, um, oh, now I can't even remember. Pro football what, reference? Yes. According to them, he has no asterisks next to his name, which wow. is for Pro Bowl. He's so. been a prison shower. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually do have a third thing. I mean, you guys guilted me into watching the Pro Bowl. 
because you made <laughs> feel like me to, and then you guys didn't even watch all the Pro Bowl. That's not true. That's not Listen, true. I no, watched. You, I, I you watched the second quarter. That you did not watch at all because I, I listened and watch your guys' other podcasts, so I know these things. Jeff, Jeff, let's uh, let's apologize to him. We'll make it up. We have a snipe hunt coming up this weekend. We'll meet you in the woods. <laughs> yes, that sounds about what I would get from you guys. Well, let me just say I did watch one quarter of the Pro Bowl, and I was doing a bunch of stuff in the house. I stopped. I saw Juju Smith-Schuster leave limping off the field and said, I'm not watching any more of this crap. Take all the Steelers off the field, and I don't want to see him touch the, the playing surface again. And, and I turned it off at halftime um, for multiple multiple reasons. It was just awful. It was just awful. But what's your third you do, Real quick, point, if you go Dave. back into the archives and uh, listen to uh, the hangover from uh, Monday, Tony and I, we exclusively talked about the Pro Bowl, even though I didn't watch it. Um, we, but we talked about it like we knew what we were talking about. <laughs> well, I know that Tony didn't watch it. To talk about it. He, Tony didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. It, I, it, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good talk, though. <laughs> yeah, we were right on. We, football data bag base. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Dave, what is your third thing, or is that it? What's the third thing? Was the Pro Bowl? Okay, the Pro Bowl. Well, I'm yeah. sorry for wasting your time. Yeah. Um, let's get started with some news. There isn't a lot of news for once. Thank goodness. I'm kind of sick of leading off with this huge monster news like antonio brown tweeted something um this is actually concrete news and the news is and it's kind of strange because you know typically the way the news leaks out from the steelers organization is that one paper one writer will get it and then the rest of them run with it correct me if i'm wrong guys but this only came from jerry dulac of the pittsburgh post gazette and the news was that in 2019 Keith Butler, along with being the defensive coordinator, is also going to be taking over the role of outside linebackers coach. Now, if that means they're not filling Joey Porter's vacancy with any outside name like Kevin Green, who all the fans wanted. Um, that also means that he's going to be returning back to his roots, so to speak, as he was the linebacker coach under Dick LeBeau for all, all those years. Guys, I have a couple questions for you to answer. First and foremost is, do you think this is a, actually manageable for a defensive coordinator to also coach an entire position group? I know that everyone says, well, Randy Feetner coaches the quarterbacks. Do you, how much coaching of the quarterbacks do you think is being done that isn't already being done as the offensive coordinator? But I'll let, let you answer that yourselves. And then secondly is, is what does this mean for the defense? Does this mean that they're going to almost have like two coordinators with Terrell, Terrell Austin and uh, you know, Butler with, with the front seven and the secondary. Brian, I'll go with you first. What are your thoughts on this move that the Steelers made? First and foremost, I thought Randy Feetner was the quarterback coach and Ben Roethlisberger was the offensive coordinator. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, um, you're right. You're right. My apologies. <laughs> but also, we have another coach coaching an entire an entire uh, group, and that's Mike Tomlin. Um, it kind of makes me wonder, guys, did has Keith Butler been demoted and they're just not putting it on paper? Um, th that kind of screams it to me. Here's the bottom line. His contract runs out at the end of this year. They don't have to fire him. They could do the same thing they did with Todd Haley, or but also say, hey, you can fight for your job. Um, you can fight for the outside linebacker coaching job. He, he did wonders there too, but he also had – all the talent in the world. Um, maybe if he just focuses on that, what is 
um, Terrell Austin actually doing? Did you say the front seven? Is that no, correct? No, it's secondary. He'll be primarily the secondary. Okay. So um, with that being said, uh, where's Tom Bradley at this point? He's still on staff. I mean, he's still okay. the secondary. What they coach. said they're doing is they want to split up the safeties and the corners between the two of them. To I don't me, know who's going to get which one, but. To me, this is actually an audition, a very cheap audition for uh, Terrell Austin uh, for to be the offensive coordinator. I mean, excuse me, the defensive coordinator. It could be, I mean, it could be that. Um, it could be let's uh, a quiet demotion and maybe have Mike Tomlin do more of the uh, the coordinating, but we haven't really loved what he's been doing as a coordinator um, because we know in that Jacksonville game, he took the reins, either that or he took the blame out of uh, Tom Bradley, excuse me, out of uh, Keith Butler's hands. So I think something's rotten here, but uh, they're also trying to save face, to say that we're not wrong. Um, it's a cost-cutting move. There's going to be change. I mean, in my factor fiction, you've seen Keith Butler will not be there next year. Um, I, I would say fact for that. And, I mean, this is just a transition year. There is a new – there's going to be a new person with the title of defensive coordinator in 2020, and you can mark that down right now. Okay, Dave, what do you think? Um, we've hit on a lot of it. I think there was something going on with the end of the year meeting with with Butler to say this is your role going to be for this year. It's going to be diminished. I don't know exactly what their plan is. I don't know if it's because of the new coach they brought in. I don't know if it's because of Tomlin. Um, remember, when he coached the linebackers, he had both the inside and outside linebackers. It wasn't until he became the coordinator that they hired a coach for each. So it, it'll just be one part of that. There is one other possibility that could be going on here, and that is do they not want to hire someone else and say it's just going to be him um, in case something happens where the, they could get the right person, and that is there's, st there's still a lot up in the air where there's a lot of speculation about if, if Kevin Green was still going to be um, employed by the Jets or if something happened where he was – able to get out of that, then they could still take him because they didn't hire somebody else. Um, it's There's something going on there. It's really hard to say for sure what it is. So get your popcorn ready. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything you guys said. The only thing I don't understand is that if he's doing, why keep him around? You know, it's like, I, I believe, Brian, that what you said, that there's something rotten here. And Dave, you know, if the end of the year conversation didn't go well between Tomlin and Butler, if you're not happy with him, just fire him. If you're, if you're, are you worried that much about public perception that you're not going to fire someone that you don't think is doing their job and doing it well enough? I think that's a cowardly move. I, I'm not sure what they're doing. A lot of the moves, and mainly on the defensive side of the ball, have really had me scratching my head. You can throw in James Saxon being fired, and I'm really scratching my head. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Um, maybe they have a master plan. Uh, I said this last year when everyone was talking about, you know, when they drafted Trell Edmonds and how is that going to help this team? They need an inside linebacker. And I think I, was, I said, well, maybe he's going to be kind of like that inside linebacker in sub packages. I believe that was the plan going into the season. Morgan Burnett couldn't stay healthy, and then they had to change their plan. So we'll see. The Steelers are 
they typically are playing check chess, not checkers. And so I'm going to trust that they are, are making the correct moves. And let's be honest, if they are stripping some duties away from Butler, are we really going to complain, Brian, about that? No, we're not. We're not going to whatsoever. Um, like I said, I think he's gone. They're just not doing it now. Um, they're not giving us what we want. They're saying that they're fine with everything. It's just like, I'm not trying to open Pandora's box here, but it's just like Roger Goodell saying that, hey, look, we're happy with the officiating. In fact, I don't think they could have done a better job in 2018. And we're like, what? Everybody's what? But at that point, what they say goes, and like, hey, this is our stance. Drop it. And so basically that's what they're telling us, that th this is the plan. We're not making any more changes. Drop it. Yeah. So, I mean, Dave, you agree. They take some, they take some stuff off of Butler's plate. It's not necessarily a bad thing, right? Oh, no, not at all. I, I, that is more going in the direction. I think they had to tell him that's what they were going to do. And it's basically, hey, if you don't want to do this, we're not going to fire you. We're basically just going to demote you. We're going to keep the title. We're going to keep the salary. But what you're doing is not going to be what it was before. So, and he probably had that choice. No, I don't want to do it. Let's just part ways or, okay, I'll stick around and we'll see what we can do. That had to be in that conversation If is what I'm guessing that he knew this. He basically had the option to say, let's, let's just call it an end to it or basically take the demotion. Not like I said, not in title, but just in what he does. You know, real quick, he can't really lose on this. This is actually a great situation. If you're Keith Butler, he will be able to stay employed. Uh, he could stay employed years beyond this as a linebackers coach. It's just when it's just like when a head coach, um, gets fired, goes to another team as a coordinator, and stays there 10, 15 years and excels at that job. We saw it with Mike Munchak. We've seen it in the past with guys like Norv Turner. One of those guys, Wade Phillips, was not that great of a head coach, but he's an amazing defensive coordinator, and he's working in the Super Bowl this weekend. So really, it's a chance for a guy to stay employed and, uh, and keep his meal ticket going. Yeah, no, you're right. And so we'll see how this pans out. I don't think we're going to really know anything until training camp rolls around when they're seeing practices and how they're, you know, different coaches are doing what, what's Austin doing compared to Bradley, what's Austin doing compared to Butler, um, how active is Butler with players like Dupree, assuming he's back, and TJ Watt and all of that. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how this pans out. But time will tell whether it's A, successful, and B, what it's even going to look like so let's go ahead and let's move to the stat geek portion we waited too late last episode and dave was just trying to throw stuff in there and brian and i just want to have fun at the end of the episode and he's trying to be all serious so let's get the serious stuff out of the way now go ahead with your stat geek stuff this isn't serious this is fun <laughs> No, Go talking ahead. about sports movies is fun at the end, and you wouldn't let us. It's really fun, too. That's fun, too. You, you, the guys that have some stats. All right. Well, I had them before the show, and I kept waiting for you to say, hey, where's your right. stats? So, here we, so here we go. It is. It is. Here, here we go. Um, this is this is stat trivia. Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna start easy. Okay. okay. All right. Um, since we're doing receivers tonight, um, who is the only Steeler in the Hall of Fame who has a 1,000 yard receiving season? 
The only Steeler in a Hall of Fame that has a thousand yard receiving season. Or seasons. I'm gonna go John Stallworth. That's that's where I was going. John that Stallworth. That is correct. Do you know how many of them he had? I'm gonna go with two. I'm gonna go three. And Brian would be the winner. It was Ooh. in 79, 81, and 84. 84. 84. Eighty-four was uh, was someone else who had a thousand yards. Uh, that was Louis Lips. Okay, well, he, he, had an Louis Lips. Yeah. he had an amazing eighty-four. He had an amazing eighty-four. If I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was hurt all of eighty-three. That I'm was. Gonna call, I'm going to call oh you on this. Oh boy, it was. I want my money back. Now he's going to do his fact. It's eighty-four. <laughs> He's right. You know what? It, I had to relook it up there because because I I don't know. What <laughs> wrong. It's very good. Uh, and it, and it was, Louis was in 1985. I knew they were back to back years. So 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 it was 84 to 85. Yes, you were correct. That was 83. when he was injured, and that was the deal. Okay, we're gonna move on. <laughs> Dave's okay. gonna punch me. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, I'm glad. I don't know why. I wrote this down over a week ago, and I don't know why that says 83. Um, I think I just did every two years. But yeah, okay, there was but a Dave. There was Dave, there. Dave, hold on a second. Before I, you get your, before you no, hold on. Before you get to your next one. Yeah. Are you sure you have the correct answers? Yes, I got this. Because you've wait, already wait a you've admitted to two mistakes in something one show. Yep. Wasn't John Stallworth nineteen forty three? Yeah, that was forty three. <laughs> yeah. All right, here we go. Juju and AB are the second Steeler duo to each have twelve hundred yards in a season. Who was the first? I'm going to go with Plexico and Heinz Ward in two thousand two. Man, this guy knows his numbers. Okay, that I was, was gonna the, go. I was gonna say 04, but then I thought, okay. yeah, O two would be the better bet. Yeah, O two was when they had it. They both had a thousand yards in two thousand one. They were the first duo for the Steelers. They had a thousand yards in two thousand one. Then they did in two thousand two, and they actually both had thirteen hundred yards. And if AB wouldn't have did what he did in week thirteen, because he ended up or week seventeen, he ended up with. 12, uh, 1,297 yards. If he yes. would have had three yards the last week, they would have also both had 1,300 yards. Who was the quarterback for those guys? 2002? That was Tommy Gunn, right? That was, Tommy. that was the first year of the Tommy Gunn era. Tommy Gunn? Yeah. Yep. So, that yeah. All right. Um, oh, here's one. I, th Brian, if you get this one, I'll be impressed. This is an NFL question. Who was the First receiver duo with a hundred plus receptions each. I got it. I, I no, think not I got Steelers, it. but in the NFL. I'm going to go 1995. Yes. I'm going to go Detroit Lions. That is Curry correct. Moore. Yep. I'm going to guess Johnny Morton. No. Uh, Herman Morton. Johnny Morton was in that group, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> Brett Perriman. Brett, per I would have never yep. pulled out Brett. Yep. Is that Brashad's dad? Or <laughs> he's in the family. He's in the if if so, I don't know. He's a, sure. Either an uncle or something. I don't know. Come on, but Jeff. I, you're you're, you're going to be the family tree guy since Brian knows all the numbers. <laughs> that, that was um that that was that was pretty impressive. That was the first one in 1995. And then, hold on, let me count it up. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, this year we had the sixth and seventh time that receiver duos 
each had a, each had 100 yards receiving. This is the first time ever in the NFL that there was two in the same season. We know one one of them is AB and, and Juju. Who was the other one? Wait, did you say 100 receptions or 1,000 yards? Oh, uh, 100 receptions. Would, uh, Rams? No, I'm thinking Vikings. Thielen and Diggs? It is Thielen and Diggs. Ding, ding, ding. That's you, Jeff. I, I didn't do that. Thielen, Thielen and Diggs, um, they they actually tied A.B. and Juju duo-wise for the number of receptions, uh, 215 each. Now, they were, not as, they, were, they were also the only other duo that was targeted over 300 times. Um, A.B. and Juju was the most at 334, and they were next at 302. So uh, that was that that was pretty good. Now, as long as we're looking at duos, let's do this one. There is a different duo that is tied with AB and Juju for the number of touchdowns this season at twenty-two. It is also the only. It is also the same duo that had more yards than AB and Juju, and it's not Diggs and Thielen. You mean this season in the NFL this season? The only other duo that had more yards than A.B. and Juju. And they also, like I said, they were tied for touchdowns. I've got two on my mind. I'll let you go first, Jeff. Are you, you're not counting running backs here, are you? No. Okay. I'm, I, not in, I'm not including running backs, but I'm not saying that it's only receivers. There's your hint. There's your tight ends. Oh, so, okay. I've got it. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey. There you go. Ding, 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 I ding, ding. I was going to go. They were – I was going to go with Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins, but I didn't believe that. When you said tight end, I took Kelsey. Yeah, well, Sammy Watkins missed a lot of time. Yeah, so, that's true. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So uh, uh, let, let's go back to Steelers stuff, okay? Um, out of all the wide receivers on the Steelers, we're going to talk about this. Who had the least number of receptions? And how many was it? Darius Hayward Bay. That is correct. And How many receptions? Had, I want two. No, one. Two, maybe? One reception. One reception, nine yeah. yards. That was two in, targets. What, what game was that? That was a little swing route. Um, I don't know. I, I If I thought I about it hard enough, I could tell you the game. New Orleans, baby. No, no, I don't know. Okay. Is that it, or do you get no. more? This is kind of a follow-up to that one. Okay. So on one catch on two targets, that means he had a 50% catch rate. Yep. There were two Steeler wide receivers who had a lower catch rate. Antonio Brown's definitely one of them. And Antonio Brown actually had a 61% catch rate. Okay, there was a point he was like 48. Um, yes, he got better as the season went on. It was pretty bad two, early on. Two receivers that had worse. Yes, fifty percent. And do you have a minimum targets um, for this? DHP had two targets. <laughs> well, I mean Eli Rogers. You know, uh, I mean he, Eli he Rogers was the highest. James okay. Washington. James I, Washington was lower. He had forty-two percent, forty-two point one. Got to be Justin Hunter. And and Justin Hunter had twenty-three point one percent. Twenty-three point one percent. We'll talk about this later, but he played his way out of town. Yeah. You mean Ben threw his shoulder? Yep. <laughs> ben murdered him. Yes. He's All got, right. He's well, got a dartboard of Ben Roethlisberger in his, in his condo. Mm. 
That's so horrible. I'm going to stop with that. I figured that was more than enough for you guys. Yeah, those are good. Those are good trivia. I like this segment. I like it earlier in the show, but I like this segment. I do too. So, Brian, did you want to comment on anything before we move on? No, I enjoy that. But okay, I'm ready to right. I'm ready to talk about slinging the pig and catching it. <laughs> receivers. <laughs> I, I want to talk about receivers. That yep. is what we're talking about. We are going to dive into the depth chart of the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver core. And the way that I described this article on YouTube for those that are watching live is there was a time when the Pittsburgh Steelers not only were considered a wide receiver factory, but were so loaded at the position. Can we really say that now? Let's just take a look at it because Antonio Brown is number one, but we have no idea if he'll be back. Everyone's trying to leave the door open, and yet everyone else is trying to slam it shut as every talking head is talking at the Super Bowl. And everyone that says they know Antonio Brown well is speaking for him. Um, And so it's just a mess, and you can't listen to everything that you hear, whether it's a current player, a former player, a friend of Antonio, whatever. Let's, for the sake of argument, say that Antonio Brown is not going to be on the Steelers in 2019. So what does your depth chart look like? Well, we know Juju Smith-Schuster will be back in his third year. We know that James Washington will be back in his second year. We know that Ryan Switzer will be back, even though he had surgery on an ankle this offseason, I believe. Um, Justin Hunter is going to be a free agent. Darius Hayward Bay is going to be a free agent. Eli Rogers will be a free agent. Am I missing anyone on the depth chart, guys? Is there a Fred, a Fred, something? <laughs> that... Fred, Fred Webb. Fred Webb. Am I, am I forgetting Frank a Fred Webb? Webb? Frank, Frank Webb. Yeah. <laughs> am I forgetting a Frank Webb that's on the practice squad that they signed to an offseason no, contract? There's at least one I know that they've had, but I didn't look up who they were. I figured <laughs> that was Brian all the way. You know, I, I did not. Because of my uh, my haste this evening, I, I did not have a chance to check that out, but I could do that very quickly. Well, um, no, but I'm just saying, like, it, is there anyone I'm missing that's off well, the top of my head? But it wasn't, mean, wasn't like who were the phenoms? There were phenoms in in camp. Justin Hunter um, was one of them. Demi- always is. Uh, Damon Damon Patterson. Yeah. He's with the he's with another team. Is but he, I, wasn't, really? I I thought Griffey was on the practice squad. Griffey remained on the practice squad. Yeah. <laughs> Griffey's I just still don't see it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Damon Patterson got picked up off. He got signed off the practice squad by another team. I I want to say the Giants, but I'm not 100 percent sure. So here's something interesting. If I could jump in, here's a name who uh, he's an NFL veteran. I mean, this is not the sexiest name right now. It would have been in the past, but who uh, went on a uh, went on a, a CBS affiliate radio station during Super Bowl week and said he would love to play for the Steelers. And it's a wide receiver who's a free agent. And that is... Terrell Pryor. Ugh. You know what? That's a cheap sign. That's your Justin Hunter. That's your that's your tall guy. It's a Pittsburgh guy that comes in cheap. You at least give him a hat in camp. At this point, he'd probably play for anybody. Yeah. But did he did play he... at all? Did he play at all last year? Jets. He was with the Jets. I, but did he actually perform? I mean, was no. he just on the roster? No, he 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 was hurt a lot. He didn't perform, um, from what I understand. I will go ahead and pull that up. But I, you know what? Sounds like a great signing. It's a camp body, <laughs> though. It's I mean, it's not. I mean, it's someone that could come out of nowhere. Yeah, and if, 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 if you can get vet minimum, 
and you sign him like a one-year deal, like a show-me contract, then that's yeah. different. But I'm not paying this guy a dime over that if, if you're even thinking about bringing him in. Yeah, no, I, and I agree with you 100%, but it's just, it's just interesting. He played in eight games for two teams last year. Actually played 10 for Buffalo. I was going to say, I thought he was with the Bills. One for the Jets and uh, E. I can't even see. Um, we are waiting with anticipation. Uh, bated breath. I don't. Oh, that, that's because that's quarterback numbers. That's that's why. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think he had the greatest the greatest season, and I wasn't <laughs> expecting him to. Yes, here we, he started one game, thirty targets, sixteen receptions, so he's over fifteen percent, fifty percent, and two hundred fifty-two yards, two touchdowns. Wow. Hey, it's better than what Justin Hunter was. Look, hey, it's better they than Justin Hunter and DHB together. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, so I mean, show me. Show me what you got. I'm not saying I'd be against it, but like I said, it all would have to be about the price. I'm not paying that dude a million bucks to do anything. It, it's a minimum it would be a minimum deal at this point. It's a guy that's if if he's asking for teams saying where he wants to go and asking for teams, that means he's, I don't want to say begging for a job, but he'll he'll come at the price, and he's coming back home. Because this is a guy in the past that said, when he was young, no way do I want to play in Pittsburgh. I don't want to deal with distractions. Yeah. Now he would want to come to Pittsburgh. And he was basically talking about A.B. being there and Juju being there and Ben, and he wants to be a complementary piece to the puzzle. And that's not a bad fourth or fifth guy if you can, if he can stay healthy and you can bring him in. Okay, so this kind of brings it. It's a it's a good segue. I think that we would all agree that if Antonio Brown leaves, the need at wide receiver skyrockets up the team list. Now, Dave, where would you have it compared to like defensively, talking about inside linebacker, cornerback, and things of that nature? Um. Without a B, then those are those are your top three, and you have to address at least one in free agency, and two in your first two round picks. And a lot of people, when they want to start looking at these mock drafts, they're like, "Oh, well, they're going to take the best available, or they're going to have to take the best defensive player, or whatever." Just it doesn't really do any good to to look at the draft yet until you see what happens in free agency. If you can get someone out there that um, that, that might be available. I mean, even if it's a guy that's just a good, solid number two um, receiver, then you don't have to worry about addressing that in the draft. Um, if you have to address it in the draft, you're going to be looking at another James Washington because Juju rookie seasons do not come along very often. That That's the exception, not the rule. So I, I think it's something that they should address more in free agency than they should uh, via the draft because you need right. it now. I know that um, this this was a name that a lot of people were because, you know, you think about it, if Antonio Brown leaves, then you're missing that player that really draws a lot of attention to a defense. And so they were talking, you know, I think this might have been Dale Lolly of DK Pittsburgh Sports was also talking on Steelers Nation radio. I was listening a couple weeks ago and he brought up the name. Conley from the Kansas City Chiefs, who with Sammy Watkins being there now, he's kind of a, an expendable, so to speak, but he is fast. 
Um, hasn't really had the best chance, but if you have speed and you can take the top off the defense, that's when a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster can still thrive. So that's just a name and maybe the type of player that they could possibly be targeting. Not a top-end talent by any stretch of the imagination, but could be a functional player. And I've said it before. I think I was on the standard as a standard this week. When the Steelers won Super Bowls, they didn't have star-studded receivers. I mean, you were talking Heinz Ward. You're talking Santonio Holmes, Antoine Randall-L., they're great players, but they're not they're not the best of the best. And then I know that's what Antonio Brown is, but it doesn't mean that it's a necessity. Brian, where do you stand in terms of if Antonio Brown leaves, they gotta they gotta get a free agent, they gotta get a top draft pick. Like what are your thoughts on that? You're still on mute there, Brian. You gotta take your mute off. First and foremost, your top draft pick just <laughs> continues continues to be defensive need. However, yeah. You're probably getting another number one, and you could probably go ahead and get that, take that second number one, and take a high-end wide receiver. You still have to go ahead and do it in free agency as well. The top free agent right now, I don't think it's uh, the sexiest pick. I don't think this is a sexy class, but Golden Tate's your number one guy. But you yeah, mentioned yep. you mentioned some guys there, and I'm looking down the line, and I'm thinking of. Uh, a guy like Dontrell Inman um, could be a, from, from the Colts. He was a solid number two. Who the but, hell is that? Come no, on, I you're mean, a FanDuel guy. You never played him? Yeah. No. But, but here, here's a guy I really like. Um, he's 27 years old, Tyrell Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. 27, he's a couple of years removed from a 1,000-yard campaign. He's 6'4". Um, he could probably flourish with uh, Juju taking the number one role. That's a guy that I would possibly look at. The other guys are your, I mean, your, your Randall Cobbs, your, uh, I mean, Josh Gordon's on the list. You're not looking that way. You're not looking Jamison Crowder and Cole Beasley, I don't think. Um, so John Brown, he's 29. I mean, they want to look at a guy like that. But other than that, I mean, Fitzgerald's gone. Fitzgerald went back with the, uh, the Cardinals. And then Robbie Anderson, who's uh, he's a restricted free agency with the Jets. He's 26. He's talented, but he's a head case. That, he's an that, absolute head case. That class sucks. Yeah, it's not. I mean, <laughs> that's but, awful. That is awful. So, I mean, you might be seeing a guy. I mean, what if a guy comes in via trade? I doubt it. But uh, you take a guy like uh, a Moncrief or a. Uh, like an Adam Humphreys or someone like that, or Dontrell Inman, which check him out. He's not as bad as you think. Or uh, or Williams. You look at a guy as a number two and you draft high. Um, you draft no lower than, than number two, the second yeah. pick. The, well, let's, uh, let's, not assume, let, or, let's not assume Antonio Brown's going to get a one. I don't think they're going to get a one. If they don't, Jeff, if they don't get a one, he stays Keep put. It. He stays put. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was fortunate enough. I was listening to Pro Football Talk Live on TV today, and they were talking about how uh, the reported return has not been what the Steelers expected. Well, they, they were expecting someone to say, look, we'll give you a first-round pick, and no one's doing it. And so they're not sure. Amari Cooper got a first-round pick. I'm I'm fully aware of what these guys are drawing, but it, Antonio Brown, Amari Cooper, you know, he doesn't have freaking baggage. He doesn't have he doesn't have the 
all the crap. Brian, go ahead. I know you want to talk. Here's what we're forgetting about this whole thing. If, Ant- if you're Antonio Brown and you've got the ego that you have and you find out that you're worth more than a number two pick, I mean, like nothing better than a number two pick, you don't want to go anywhere. You're patching things up. You're making that phone call. I actually think that that doors that window's opening up again, and he's ready to walk right through that that window and say, "Guys, I'm back." Do his. I mean, somebody said on the radio the other day that Antonio Brown leads the league in apologies every single week in the locker room for something. He will apologize for something that he ran a wrong route in a game, and he'll do that. And he's the. They don't know if they're genuine, but he's the one that'll do it. So he has no problem. Seeing that, oh, I'm only worth a two. He's not going to go for a two because it's, that. It's, well, it's not up to him. Yeah, but the Steelers don't want to trade him. I, I really don't think they want to trade him. They want him to come crawling back. Is what they want him to do. They don't want to trade him with the status quo. They, they, they I'm sorry. They don't want to. They don't want him to stay with the status quo. They don't want him to come back and act like a buffoon that he has been. And that's on Tomlin too. It's like. Forget that. But I, I think that ultimately you say, you know, it's just it can't be the same old, same old if he comes back. He's got to write the ship. Dave, let me ask you this. We talked about this before you and I. It's a line in the sand at this point. So they go ahead and say, look, you're worth a number two. We think you're worth more than that. We don't want to trade you. However, we will. And do you want to be known as the guy that only went for a number two? Or do you want to come back here where you have a chance at a ring and quit the bullshit? Oh, excuse me. Um, (laughs) I'm quoting Juju. I'm quoting quoting Juju. He said it first this week, and which I love that Juju said that. But quit the BS. Could we do that? You've got a chance of history here, dude. That's all they have to say to him. And that's all he has to do is pick up the phone. That's going to happen soon. I I like that. I, just, I don't see it playing out any other way other than that. It's got to be something like that. I, fact, I, I like the notion of his ego knowing that, oh, this is all we traded you away for. Or he could be vindictive and saying, you want to trade me away for only that? I'm going to show you. You never know. You never know with him. And to quote The Rock, I guarantee to you, that in the next three, four weeks, Mike Tomlin is on a plane to Miami, Florida, and they're meeting at a, uh, a Cracker Barrel or something and, uh, and having blueberry pancakes and talking about what needs to happen. So you went with Cracker Barrel on that one. Yeah, I was, uh, was going to go with TGI Fridays. but <laughs> So okay, I, I think we can all agree that the the 2019 wide receiver depth chart is hinging solely on number 84. Yeah. If he comes back, they can still target a receiver in the draft or in free agency, and it can still be a very big strength for this football team because we know that Juju can thrive with Antonio Brown opposite him. I also think that if Antonio Brown does not come back, for whatever reason, whether he's sitting out, whether he's traded, it becomes a, in my opinion, it is a dire need. You cannot think, well, you cannot think that James Washington is going to step in and just go off because I haven't seen it. One thousand percent, I agree with you. Okay. But here's one more thing: Can I mention if they sure. do bring him back and things aren't going the way the way it's planned, but he's still productive? Guess what? On uh, 
November 12th or whenever that uh, trading deadline is or October 31st or whenever that is, guess what? They're dealing them for a number one pick then. Yeah, I think that's and that's that's the Amari Cooper route. The one thing to keep in mind here, though, if it's going to happen before the season, it's going to happen right before the new league year starts because that's when, um, or right after, I should say, in early March, that's when I think Antonio Browns do like a two point five million dollars signing bonus. They're not going to want to give him that money if they're not going to. There's keep a him on five the day yes. window. Five and, day window. And I agree with that. But what I'm saying is, if uh, chicanery continues and they realize, all right. We will eat that 2.5. We made a mistake on that. But if he's worth a two now on October 31st, he's worth a one possibly to a team that's ready to make that move. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. We could talk about this for a while. Brian, while you're sitting there, let's get the uh, spread for Super Bowl 53 up so that we know what the current spread is. Um, Dave, we know who we're all rooting for. No one wants to see the New England Patriots win again for multiple reasons. We're sick of Tom Brady. We're sick of the Patriots in general. Brian, do you have that number yet? Not. No. He's working slow tonight. Okay. Um, the I've Brian... got sausage fingers. <laughs> uh, Dave, what do you think about this upcoming Super Bowl? And what are you, what's your gut telling you? All right. Well, first of all, what Yahoo is telling me is – the Patriots with uh, minus two and a half. Now that's Yahoo, and they don't always have the right spreads. Brian, what do you but, have? I've got CBS going with uh, New England two and a half, and a total of fifty six point five for the over under. Fifty six and a half, and two and a half. All right, Dave, go ahead. Okay. Um, why would you? Once again, pick against, pick against the Patriots. I don't understand. I don't want them to win. Um, I'm going to be watching the game with my dad. I'm sure my dad's going to be rooting for the Patriots, even though he's a Steeler fan, because he grew up just outside of Boston. So he still kind of has a soft spot for them, unfortunately. But, um, man, it makes you almost not want to watch the game. I mean, I'm going to watch the game. It's your last chance to watch meaningful football until after Labor Day. So, but I, why did we have to watch them play in this game again? I mean, it was right there. Yeah. All I wanted was to not have to watch the Patriots play in this game again. All right, Brian, what do you think? You know what? Um, I really think the Rams have a shot to beat this team. I still don't think they're who we think they, I mean, I still don't think they're as good as, Everybody thinks they are. I like the fact that the Patriots are favored. That means that they're not going in as much of a underdog and as much of a us against the world mentality. Um, however, I don't like the fact that they lost last year and I just can't see them losing again. Here's the thing we talk about. Is this Tom Brady's last game? Hell no. The reason not is because if they lose, he's coming back for six if they win, he's coming back for seven. After seven, he's gone. But with that being said, I really, I really think uh, he's going to win. I really think the NFL wants him to win, just like the NFL wanted Peyton Manning to win three years ago. Let him ride off on on his white Bronco. Oh, that, there's a good joke in there somewhere. But um, but you know, <laughs> but basically, I mean, I, I hate to be conspiracy guy. NFL wants. Brady and Belichick to win. 
And basically, Goodell's tired of uh, being hated by uh, Robert Kraft and, uh, and standing on that podium. He wants to get this over with. He wants to get them out of there as fast as possible. And that's, to me, that's by winning, letting them win. I know that's crazy, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get off my soapbox now and uh, put down the uh, tinfoil hat. Well, let me say this, that you all bring up very, very valid points and on a multitude of topics regarding the Super Bowl. Look, I, to me, it comes down to one player. One player. If you think that the Rams have any shot at winning this game, it's going to come down to Aaron Donald. I knew you were going to say Aaron Donald, and you are exactly right. Aaron I, Donald, I like that. Aaron Donald is a human wrecking ball. And if you've watched him enough, and I wish I could have seen more of him because he's one of the few guys that just seems to do it right. J.J. Watt's another one, and they can take over a game. The thing about him, and J.J. Watt kind of, he's so versatile, he moves all around. But if you want to beat Brady, you have to to beat him by getting pressure up the middle. And so that's Aaron Donald's forte. That's his strength. That's where he thrives is getting pressure up the middle if he can have a big game, I can see them just he can he could be setting up a residency right next to Brady in the backfield. And that's the only way, in my opinion, they're going to win. The 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 deck is stacked against them, but at the same time, it's not impossible. For that, we're gonna get into our predictions. I'll go first. I'm gonna say I'm gonna take the Rams getting points, but I'm gonna take the Patriots straight up. I think that the Patriots are a team that's just, they're so tough to beat, especially when they have an extra week to prepare. If this game were played last week, I would take LA hands down, but it's not. And Belichick has an extra week to prep. That normally means they're going to come out prepared for, they're going to come out more than prepared. They're going to come out basically showing something that they're not prepared for. So with that said, I again, I will take the Rams getting points. I'll take the Patriots straight up, and I will take the um, fifty-six and a half. You said, Brian? Yes. Gosh, that's a tough one. Um, I'll go with the under. Believe it or not. So, Brian, what do you think? I am also going with the under, but I'm going Patriots to win and Patriots to cover. It's a Goskowski field goal. You okay. get three for that, and if it's two point five. That's right. what they're going to win by three. All right, Dave, what about yourself? I am taking the Patriots to win. I'm taking the Patriots to cover, and I'm going to take the over just because um, just look at the AFC Championship game, how it was shaping up to be such the under, and then it just exploded at the end. Uh, I'm kind of a little bit concerned about the whole Aaron Donald thing because he is so obviously the best player on that defense. And what do the Patriots like to do? They like to focus on that one best player and do something about it. And I have a feeling that he's just going to draw so much of their attention. Um, hopefully some of the other guys can step up and, and do something on defense. But I'm just going to take the over because I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it to be a nice, fun, entertaining, exciting game, much like last year. But we'll see. And uh, Oh, I need to I need to say something to Brian. Um 
I, well, listening to your podcast for Monday night, and you said that everyone is rooting for the Rams outside of New England and Louisiana. Um, you forget the state of Missouri. Oh, yeah, Missouri, yeah, yeah. They are going to pull for the Patriots because they are very, very, what's the right word? Well, they're, it, that, that'd be like Cleveland having to pull for the Ravens. Yeah, that's yeah. I I get it, and and uh, you're you're the one, you're the one person listening to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I do appreciate that. Um, <laughs> you know, can, can I add on to this whole deal, Jeff? Do you mind? Sure, go for it. MVP. Oh, and I know with the Patriots that's an easy one, but I want to think outside of the bun here. And I'm going to throw mine out to you just, just like that. Okay. Rob Gronkowski. Sombrero, Mathwiz, and all. And Gronk he... is the MVP he... of this game. Okay. Dave, what do you think? Uh, I knew that was his pick because I listened to his podcast for Monday night. Um, well, to say, I guess it's funny because if you're talking – um, if you're talking uh, fantasy, if you're talking FanDuel, um, because this is a single game that you know that you have your MVP player um, that you get your score and a half for, um, with that one, I would definitely go with someone off of the Rams. I would either go with with uh, with a golf or even even a cook, some someone with the with the big passing game because I think they're they're going to need to be put the ball in the air a lot. Even a Todd Gurley more with receptions than I think for rushing. But when you're talking about the actual MVP of the game, it it's gonna have to be Tom Brady probably. Unless they give um um Sony Michelle five touchdowns like they have a tendency to want to do in the playoffs. I'm going to think outside the box here and say that Aaron Donald gets it in a losing effort, which has happened before. Oh, wow. Which has happened before that he's going to have such a dominant game. He's going to have multiple sacks. It's just not going to be enough. And I think that they're going to, that, that's, that, that'd be my guy. Who, who was that? Um, I want to say he was a member of the Cowboys. Um, it I was. Look it up. Yeah, it was back in the seventies. I remember how, my dad telling me about it. How about I save you? And I just tell you off the top of my head. Sure. Chuck Howley. There you go. I, I you might want to check if it's right. I don't know. Look, I'm not. I'm not going it's, to. It's a black I'm screen. Not it. There's nothing here, but go ahead and look it up. Well, I'm not going to. Uh, the stack you can, but um, I'm not going to look it up. I'll take it. It has happened before. It's rare, but again, I'll take uh, that. That's my guess. So, um, I think at this point we get to our favorite part of the show. And it's the show, the part of the show that we debuted last week, and that is either or. And we are going to talk about a, a, a multitude of things. I know I have four here. Dave sent me one prior to the show, so we have five technically. Um, Brian, do you have one that you want to offer up? Either or. You don't, so we're going to move yes, on. Yes, I do. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, I okay. do. I mean, this is going to kill you. The, the first thing that came into my head, it's actually going to kill you because – you haven't been to one of these places probably since you were six, okay. but I am going to just go straight up and say, Big Mac. I'm sorry. Say that one more time. Big Mac or Whopper. Uh, Dave, Dave, go ahead. You have to pick one, Jefferson. I know. I, I'll say Whopper, but I eat all my burgers plain. Mm -hmm. So therefore, 
What? It doesn't really matter. Oh yeah. My gosh. What Beef, cheese, plain. That fits. Yeah. And, and what about condiments? Any like anything like like a ketchup or a ranch or a barbecue uh, um, sauce? Uh, well, if I'm going somewhere fancy, you know what my favorite is? No, 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 fast food. No, but somewhere where you could get like buffalo and ranch on your burger. That's some good stuff. That's but, fancy. Uh, yeah, fried egg. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just a thousand deaths right now. Let me say, I can tell you the last time I had McDonald's food, and that was in the year two thousand and one, um, when I was the last time I actually consumed it. It was, it was a breakfast. I did not buy it; it was purchased for me. Haven't had it since. But I will say that growing up, we didn't have a Burger King near us, and so we, if we went anywhere, it was always McDonald's. So in this case, I'll have to go with McDonald's. Because I haven't had Burger King that much. So in this either or, I'll take the Big Mac over the Whopper. So there you go. Dave, go ahead with your either or. Uh, which one? Wait, 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 don't, don't I get to go? Yeah, you have to say, uh, Brian. Yeah, well, you can't say both, Brian. Well, this is like picking which one <laughs> of your kids is cooler. Um, but by, by a sesame seed... I'm actually going to go with the Whopper. Funny thing is, I didn't even know Whoppers had sesame seeds. They don't. <laughs> well, I didn't but know the Big either. Mac does. <laughs> the Big Mac does. Which go. is ironic because if you get a regular hamburger from McDonald's, it doesn't have sesame seeds, but it does at Burger King. To all beef patty, special sauce, <laughs> lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed, but... Hold on. You got you to gotta back off. Jeff's the singer that you need to hear that from. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I'm um, not thinking that. Anyway, Dave. All right. Here we go. All right. I'm, I'm going to be the first one I sent you, which is you can bring one of them back. Are you bringing back the original Steel Phantom, the Log Jammer, or the Laser Loop? I'll go first and say the Steel Phantom because I remember going on a field trip there. Uh, when I was in middle school, and that ride scared the bejesus out of me. And although I haven't been on like the sequels, um, that was that was like my first legitimate roller coaster. Um, and so that kind of has a a soft spot for me. What about you, Brian? Can, can you say the choices again? It's been I haven't been to Kennywood since 1994. Okay, it's the original Steel Phantom, the one that actually put you upside down and stuff, not like it is now. Uh, the log jammer, which just closed this past season. Is that with water? Yes. Yeah. Or the nice. laser loop, which Jeff could no way remember because he's too young. I love yeah. water rides. Well, that's yep. that's why I said when he asked me this, like I said, I don't care. Sandcastle is better than all of them because Sandcastle is the water park near Pittsburgh. Yeah, but I gotta be in a log. I gotta be in a log, though. I yeah. still want to. Well, you can still go to get wet. you can still go to Williamsburg, Williamsburg, Virginia, and Bush Gardens. They still have their log ride. You know, I'm I'm probably right now probably about a half an hour from there. So I yeah, I know. So yeah, you can go over there. I, it's probably not open. It's probably frozen. But anyways, you could try to get on it. You know what? Actually, that is a great Christmas location. We went about five years ago. Our friends went again this year. They have Christmas Wonderland at Bush yeah. Gardens. It's it actually it's actually it. It's cold, but they they keep it running. Nice. What's your other one, Dave? Oh, what the other? 
the the other one you you basically brought up. I said, well, you wanted to say Sandcastle. Said so. Is it is it Sandcastle, Kennywood, or Idlewild? Sandcastle was the best, man. I mean, I remember growing up going there, and the two brides. I mean, my I would always go with my aunt and uncle, and they would just get on the lazy river, and me and my cousins, we just ran crazy around that park. I mean, I'd never let my kids do what we did there, and um, it was just so much fun. I've heard now that it's kind of a dump. And you know what? Maybe that was a situation where it was a dump as a kid, but you just don't realize it because you're a kid. You know what I mean? But Brian, go ahead and answer that question for yourself. I'm from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Idlewild was 30 minutes away. That's where a lot of my friends went to work. I mean, it was that that's just home to me. So I have to go with that. I thought they did a pretty they're owned by Kennywood. They've done a pretty nice job with that water park. Um, Mr. Rogers neighborhood. I don't know if it's still there. Still freaks me the hell out when Madam Friday or whatever pops up. I forget her name, but she really freaks me out. But I love Mr. Rogers too. He's my fourth, my fourth birthday cake. So uh, with that being said, we gotta go out loud. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna actually answer. I didn't answer the last one, so I'll say both of them. Mine would be Log Jammer and Kennywood. Okay. All right. Very good. I've got some legit ones here, guys. I gotta be honest <laughs> with you. Legit about us. Well, let's be honest. I mean, there's not. Okay. Anyways, we're gonna legitimacy started dropping at a rapid rate when Dave was wrong four times in the first five minutes. So ask and trivia <laughs> questions were wrong. Anyway, I was, I was off by one digit one time <laughs> and I made a correction to make sure I was well, being honest. Okay. We're going to stay with, let's think Super Bowl festivities, Super Bowl parties. Okay. Either or what is your favorite Super Bowl Entree, wings, or pizza? Go with Dave first. Um, I'm going to say wings. Uh, I'm not even going to have either of them at my Super Bowl party just because I got lots of good, other good stuff. No, but I don't care what you're having at your party. I'm saying yeah. which would you prefer? And do you like, like real spicy wings? or? Um, I, like, I like medium. Okay. Medium, buffalo, wings. I'd even... I didn't even eat wings until, oh my goodness, maybe 10 years ago. Like, even through college, they had this super great uh, deal with pizza and wings. I never got it because I'm like, oh, I don't like wings. I don't like wings. So, But now I love wings. I could crush some wings. Okay, Brian, what about you? You know what? I love pizza, but at a Super Bowl, I want wings. Not too hot. I'm a mild guy. Got to have lots of ranch. That's, that's, that's my... Uh, what do the kids say? That's my jam. So wings jam. are my jam. Um, back in 1991, um, I wasn't quite 21 years old, but Daiquiri's of Johnstown didn't care, and they would go ahead and serve $2 pictures and five-cent wings. So you had some fraternity guys going up there. We would just go up. We would get, we would get 20 wings, 25 wings for nothing, for, what, five cents a piece. So that's... Uh, Oh, what's that? A dollar at that point, and so uh, for about a dollar, then we get a couple of pictures, and uh, we've got some great stories after that. I bet. <laughs> I'm going to go with pizza because, as my wife will attest, I can't stand getting my hands dirty. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. you know what? Yeah, you... <laughs> yeah, this is the honest truth. This is the honest truth. I don't. I can't... <laughs> <laughs> You're. <laughs> 
Oh my god! I, your <laughs> wife is a saint. The more and more I, I get to know you, I think your wife is a saint. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I just it's not it's not my it's not my thing. That's not my jam. It's with food. Yeah, I mean, yeah, with food. I, mean, I would, I would I like shrimp over both of them for Super Bowl. That's just me. Yeah. shrimp for Super Bowl. Okay, let's stick with the party theme. This is just a straight up yes or no. When you go to a Super Bowl party, do you expect dessert to be served? Brian, I'll start with you. Um, look, every, Dave Schofield can attest, you can't. Every week at my house um, for an afternoon game is a Super Bowl party. There is usually some form of dessert um, because my wife takes that part over. Yeah, you know what? I mean, you're talking snacks. Then somebody will consider cupcakes a snack. Someone always seems to bring a cake or something to a, a Super Bowl party. So, yeah, I mean, I consider it pretty much the norm these days. Hey, what about you, Dave? Uh, I usually don't do dessert because I fill up on so much fried, nasty junk that I can't even think about it. Although this year I do know I am doing a dessert, um, doing my wonderful cookie dough dip, which is just Ooh. excellent stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Hey, so. hey, Jeff, uh, did your invitation get lost in spam? <laughs> because mine did. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I think he might have forgotten the uh, the twenty one or something at the end of my email address. That's probably what happened. Hey, everybody, we're having a cookie dump. <laughs> welcome to come over to my house. Oh and... no, no, not now. No, <laughs> with with my father rooting for the Patriots, who won't be able to hear what's on the TV anyway, but we'll have a good time. Well, if I come over, I have to bring my five kids, and no one wants that. So, uh, hey, the, you, the the heart maniacs are welcome anytime <laughs> at my house because I mean we only have two, and they they outdo them every single time as far as being obnoxious. So, <laughs> and, right. and, and you're not going to argue to watch with that, it. Jeff. I, no, I, I can't not. argue that. <laughs> I always ignore the halftime show and use that to try to get the kids to bed and get to enjoy the second half. Hey, WWE is doing a halftime show. The last time they did it was Rock and Mick Foley back in 2001. Well, speaking of WWE, that just <laughs> happens to be the theme of my next either or that I have for you guys. Last uh, week, well, we stayed on the air after we got off the air and talked about wrestling. and how We both loved wrestling. And this is going to be a tough one for you. I know Brian for sure. Who was better on the mic? Because when you have certain wrestlers that were just phenomenal on the mic, they just owned the microphone. They made everyone just buy in. In my opinion, these are probably two of the best. Who was better on the mic? Was it Ric Flair or The Rock? We're going two different generations here. You have to choose one. All right. Oh, wow. Brian, Brian go first. Because I know you're a Flair guy, but you have to understand how good The Rock was at the same time. You know what? I just watched by accident the other day The Rock and Hulk Hogan at, um, confronting the NWO. And it was, I just watched it and I thought, this is a thing of genius. As much as I love Ric Flair and I love listening to him rant, no one is quicker on his feet than The Rock and no one is more clever. And um, I, I thought he is probably, I would say he's probably one of the best on the mic of all time. I'll agree with that. Go ahead, Dave. What do you think? I will also go with The Rock. That was, I mean, Ric Flair brutal. is iconic. I mean, you could you can quote Ric Flair like crazy, but you can still quote The Rock like crazy. 
Um, I had a yo-yo that seriously at a yo-yo that someone gave me that at, when every time you did it, it said, shut your mouth, jabroni twice. <laughs> and I still will say that back to back. Is it wrong that I say that to my kids? No, no that's not okay. wrong at all. I say much worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I'm going to save, I'm going to save my fourth one for next week. I think that's a good way to end the show. Um, hey Jeff, so, what's up? Shut your mouth, you Bernie. Ah, very good. Hey, if you're listening to the show, make sure you understand that you can follow us on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search BTSC Steelers Radio. If you go to any audio podcast platform, search Steelers. We'll be one of your first up there. So SB Nation, um, Steelers, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. That's where you need to be. Thanks, gentlemen, for your time. We'll see you next week on another episode of the Steelers Preview.